0: hello and welcome to the think mhk podcast presented by the manhattan area chamber of commerce on this podcast you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community you also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights thanks for tuning in today My co-host for this segment is Sharla Meisenheimer. Hey Sharla. Hey Jason. How are you today? I am great. That is great. We have a wonderful guest with us for this segment, uh, Tara Grubb, who is the chair of HYPE, and of course HYPE is our Young Professionals program, and, and Tara has been in that role for a number of years. Uh, about to end her term, uh, her her term that seemed like went for maybe a millennial. Um, but Tara, <laughs> welcome to the show. We, we appreciate you having you here.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: So talk a little bit about your history in Manhattan and maybe tell a little bit about your business and what do you do uh, in your when you're not doing hype.
1: So I moved to Manhattan um, late fall of 2011. I actually came here to be the multiple roles um, at the Hilton Garden Inn and Manhattan Conference Center when they opened the doors. Just a a dirt floor, and I had an office over at the Fairfield. So, saw it all come to life and worked there for about three years, um, and then decided to start a family here in the Manhattan area uh, with my husband. And so, We've been here, like I said, ever since 2011. And now, currently, I work for Complete Weddings Plus Events, uh, which is a photography, video, coordination, DJ, photo booth, and lighting company. And my roles there are marketing, sales, and lead coordinator.
0: Awesome. So where are you from originally?
1: originally from Topeka, but spent a good chunk of some time out in Ellsworth, Kansas. Okay,
0: so you're a Kansan. I am, yeah. All right, so you're here today to talk about HYPE. Tell us exactly what HYPE is.
1: Yeah, so HYPE, as you kind of mentioned, is the Manhattan Young Professionals Group. Um, HYPE itself stands for Helping Young Professionals Emerge. Um, That was kind of a a new thing that we went into um, just recently um, and been a part of that organization pretty much since I moved here in 2011.
0: So since you have been here, uh, been with the organization since you've been here, talk about how it got its start and what role the chamber had in that.
1: Yeah, so it actually started um, several years before I came on. Um, 2005, I believe, there was just basically a trend across the nation of bringing the young professionals of the world, I guess you want to say, together in a different facet than a typical chamber setting. And so I would say, you know, just... All over, There was a need for that so that young professionals could voice their opinions of what they wanted to see in the community, have a network of people to connect with that were around their same age group in their same life status and business status. Um, and so it's definitely been a great asset, I think, to the chamber.
2: Talk about the rebrand to Hype. What brought that on? What was that like?
1: We started the rebrand, um, I feel like we kind of started talking about it, maybe the end of 19, but 2020 mm-hmm. is kind of where we, we launched everything. Um, we actually launched it at the annual meeting. And then as all of you know, the world came to a slanting halt to, to in 2020 that March. And so the rebrand was basically a way to re-engage the community. The organization had been along, around for so many years and we were starting to see a trend of people not participating as much as they used to we were getting feedback that they wanted to see something different from the organization and so we brought a group of people together that had opinions that were people that were involved in the young professionals group people that weren't involved in it and coming together to try to figure out how can we reconnect the young people of Manhattan and where should we start Um, and one thing that came out of that was really that getting those K-State students towards the end of their college career and really get them engulfed in what the community has for them so that hopefully they would wanna stay here. And as those talks came about and as we did tons of surveys to try to figure out what do people want to see out of the Young Professionals group, we found that there was a need for more types of programming. And so within that, we built a committee rather than basically myself and Dina with the chamber doing most of everything the last couple years, we built a committee that would hopefully allow us to branch out and provide more programming that would reach more people. In both business and professional lives.
0: So let's go back to that launch for just a minute. Um, it was at our it was at the chamber's annual meeting in mm-hmm. t- in 2020, and it was roughly one month before we had uh, um, all the businesses were shut down mm-hmm. and um i had more positive comments we how many uh, young professionals do you think we had involved in that launch it was well over 100.
1: oh yeah i think we had we did kind of a flash mob mm-hmm. uh, at the mm-hmm. towards the end of the dinner um, and that i think yielded about 150 yeah. people that walked through those doors to show a very powerful impact
0: so i had one particular gentleman who, who works in several communities and goes to several annual banquets and said that was one of the more impressive displays he saw Uh, As part of an annual meeting, and it was just unfortunate. I mean, again, there's a lot of things that were unfortunate as it related to, to uh, COVID nineteen and and some of the issues we've had uh, shutting down the community. But since we've been able to start having meetings again, I guess last fall you all kind of started meeting again in the fall. Do you feel like you're picking back up some of that momentum?
1: I do think so. I. I Won't lie, I think we definitely lost momentum there in the beginning. Um, And we talk about now, Mm -hmm. if there is another shutdown, the different things that we would do to provide resources during that lull time when maybe we can't provide any in person things. But yes, we did. We started to come back in the fall. We did a lot of Zoom meetings and socials Mm -hmm. and tried to just put out, you know, just different information about how to stay relevant and, you know, keep people informed about what was going on and still be a voice in the community Um, but it it did it it took you know I would it took a hit on us for sure but I would say yeah we started to bounce back um, our last couple socials and even business development meetings that we've been having have had a very strong you know appearance from our our group and I think that it's going to constantly hopefully knock on wood we don't shut down again that it will keep growing. We're certainly not going to win about that. <laughs> so tell us a
2: little bit about some of the activities that the group does. What what is what are some of the hype activities that, that can happen and how can people get involved in that?
1: Yeah, I would say our, our main type of activity is definitely socials. We just want to get our young people together to interact with each other. Um, when I came here in 2011, I knew absolutely nobody besides my coworkers they only wanted to hang out with me so often you know so you got you got to branch out and <laughs> no. find new friends yeah uh, so it was definitely it was my go-to place to get a network of friends as well as you know I am in sales I'm a wedding planner I needed new clients in the area and so it those socials provide you with a non-formal setting to meet new people maybe exchange a business card or two and just find out what can connect you to other people The other side of things is definitely business development. We are hoping to take people, as we said, at that K-State graduate level to the workforce and what does that middle ground look like? And once they're in that workforce, what are some things that we can do to help you get to maybe management level, CEO level, owning your own business? Um, Manhattan is a ton of small businesses and so there are a good chunk of people that maybe don't have this huge network of employees or employers to kind of connect with, where those small businesses now can connect with other small business owners um, and kind of get to get to know them, and again use that to network them. We're doing small things such as you know resume, dinner etiquette. Um, I mean we even did a segment on planning flowers, you know. So it's a wide range of personal and professional development. And I would say that the last thing that we really want to do is be involved in our community and so we want to give back to our community. And so there's a whole part of our organization that that branch is just based on philanthropy and giving back to the community and we call that Love MHK because we all love the community that we live in and want to better it.
0: And and just for somebody that might be becoming familiar with hype, you call the different elements of your program pillars?
1: We do, yes. We have... uh five pillars. (laughs) This is the part I probably should wrote down. Uh, So we have our play, which is our socials. Definitely our Hooray Thursdays are a very popular one. Um, We also just got done with Aggieville Olympics. That was super fun and had a great turnout. uh, Prior champion right here. Um, And then uh, we have Develop. That's really our business um, development. That's the people that are doing what we would call like our lunch and learns. Um, from that, we also have our engaged team. That is the people that are going to engage the K-State student, engage our military um, community, both the active duty, the people that are on reserve, as well as just their trailing wives that, you know, and spouses that want to get involved in a community, whether they're going to be here for a month or the next three years. We want to ha- let them feel like they're connected. Um, and then we have our uh, connect pillar that is basically very similar to our develop but just in a different way where it's more just fun connection Um, we just did a very fun speed networking event which is very similar to what you would think of a speed dating where you went table to table and just got to know people um, in a setting that was very informal and then like i said we have our love mhk which is our give back pillar
2: Very active. So obviously someone can get involved in any or all of those pillars.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You can just come to the events and be a presence or you can be on one of the pillar um, committees. And then we even have, you know, roles such as chairs of each committee. Um, And then we also have a marketing team. And so if there's people that want to be just involved in sharing all of their knowledge with marketing, there's also a potential for that.
2: How do you feel that hype factors into the Chamber's talent and attraction strategy? What part do they play in that?
1: I think a big part of it, um, when I moved here, um, my husband was small town USA, um, definitely wanted to stay in the town of 250 people. I had to convince him that moving to a bigger city, um, although Manhattan isn't large by any means, but moving to a bigger city was going to be a good fit for our family. Um, And so we definitely did a ton of research to figure out what was here, what was going to be here once we started a family, all of those things. And so. That was something that I did in my 20s, um, you know, and so getting them when they're young, right out of college, or maybe they've just moved here for a job and they're not sure if that job is going to keep them here. Um, finding ways to connect to your community outside of your job is definitely very important. And so we are hopefully giving them that facet that allows them to grow in their, you know, their job, but also grow in their community and make new friends and really find that sense of belonging here.
0: And and as we've done the research, the connection is the important piece, right? If you, if a business recruits or, or is able to retain a student to go to work for them, uh, getting them connected is generally what is perceived as being able to keep them in the community as opposed to leaving, uh, which is why you, since we've done the relaunch, we've had a number of businesses step up to to sponsor. And, and so some of our largest businesses are, are sponsoring the, the hype group now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, you know, that talent retention isn't just us going out there and reaching out to the people that would be considered our young professionals, which by the way, we don't, ID at the door. But <laughs> but it, it is about the businesses have to see the need to allow their employees to be a part of this organization. And so allowing them to go to a lunch and learn to not only hopefully learn something that's going to better them and their professional, but allow them to connect with others that again will make them excited to want to be here and stay here. Um, so I think it's twofolds that we need just the general public um, and those young professionals to want to engage with us. But we need those employers to definitely make it apparent that this is an important factor in order for you to sustain here.
0: And so as part of the board's commitment, the chamber board's commitment to hype, they put the chair of hype on on the board Mm -hmm. so that that position will have a permanent spot on the board of directors. So you were the first uh, chair to. To serve on the board. Talk about that connection and, and how have you found that experience to be? to
1: be yeah not intimidating at all (laughs) other than having a, a
0: great director right
1: yes yeah that definitely helps absolutely um no i would say the the first thing again i came here what is that now 10 years ago um and i still don't know everything about the community um and so my biggest thing that i have enjoyed being on the board is just getting to know people in the community getting to know about other organizations in the community um but the great thing is that it gives us that sense that we do have a voice. Um, when I first started with the Young Professionals group, we didn't have as much of a voice. And I would say that we, you know, maybe we're just kind of seen as a group of individuals that got together for socials, but we were much more than that. And so allowing us to have that spot on the board and give us that voice, just we can, you know, if I know that there's something that the either the pillar chairs want or the Young Professionals as a whole, something's mentioned to me at some of our events, I can go back to the board and say, hey, these are some things that people are talking about. We need to potentially look into that. And before, it was probably an email that I was sending. Now I can stand in front of all of those people and actually, you know, put my voice out there and hopefully speak for, you know, all of us young professionals.
0: That's great. Uh, You mentioned earlier Dina, who, Dina Huff on our staff, Mm -hmm. who you worked with uh, early on, or not even early on, just as recently as a couple years ago, kind of on your own, the two of you. But, but you all recognized Dina last year at, uh, at the annual meeting. So, talk about her contribution to this program over the years and then that transition now to, to the new person?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the staff liaison, again, being Dina to start with, with my um, time here is a huge asset. Um, They obviously know what's going on in the community. They help us, uh, you know, in getting that connection with different business owners. Um, Dina has played a huge role in getting this organization going and keeping it going throughout. Even now, as she's, you know, somewhat stepped down, she's still very much, I'm pretty sure I email her daily maybe weekly Um, but we definitely um, communicate about the different events you know what has worked in the past what hasn't what has been a good budget you know what isn't Um, and so she's definitely been that resource for us and just has a ton of knowledge about all the different things that the community has and so it's it's been a great great time working with her for sure.
0: And now transitioning to Amber. William, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Amber brings a whole—you know—she brings the spunk. Uh, love her to death, um, and she is high energy and very passionate. Like she, very. she chairs our engaged team or engaged pillar at this time um, because of her position with also the talent uh, attraction. And so she's constantly out there at job fairs. She's constantly talking to businesses. Um, she will talk to anybody and make a friend with anyone, um, which is a great um, person to have in that role and is definitely she's stepped up and done amazing things both on our marketing side of things as well as just getting people involved and keeping it going i have a very busy schedule um, and definitely work uh, within uh, seasons for my schedule and so i can with both her and dina i've been able to say hey i have too much on my plate do you mind sending out this or that and they you know Drop what they're doing. Sorry, Jason, not getting your work done, but they, they drop what they're doing and, and help me out when I need it, which is great.
0: Yeah, I've discovered a long time ago. I'm usually the end of the list. And then, anyway, uh, that is so not tell true. us you can go on the website. What's what's the Hype website?
1: Yes, uh, hypemhk.com. They can go to the website. They can find out about all the different events. They can also find out about the different pillars and what that looks like. They can connect with us if they want to be on a pillar. Um, definitely take a look at our social pages. Um, Kara with the Chamber is also doing amazing things. Things with that, and so we definitely have a better presence on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I think we're working on some of those other facets that are out there that I'm too old for. But definitely uh, <laughs> check into all of our social pages to keep up to date. If you're not on the email strand of all the different updates that we send out, then definitely you know get. Get with us on that. And if you're an employer listening to this, talk to your young professionals. Get them involved.
0: Awesome. Tara, thanks for leading this program. I know you've been engaged a long time. It takes a lot of your time and we appreciate you doing that. And thanks for being with us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: The THiNK MHK Podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the THiNK MHK Podcast on your preferred podcast provider. And you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show. Welcome back to the Think MHK podcast. My co-host for this segment is Charlotte Meisenheimer. Hey, Charlotte.
2: Hey, Jason. I'm happy to introduce to you the pie lady, Tiffany Opelt, better known as the owner of Therapy. Tiffany, share with us a little bit about how TheraPie came to be. I actually started baking for stress
3: relief. So it was my form of therapy or TheraPie. I was working at Creamer Dining Center as a training and development manager. I have a background in hospitality and food service management. And it was just my little side, my side gig. My grandma, her name was Thera Fern also a reason that the business is named TheraPie, taught me how to make pie as a kid. And she was, her health was declining. She was um, fighting Alzheimer's. And we were kind of dealing with that stress and just other stresses of, of life. And I started baking pies and trying to perfect her recipe before it was lost completely. So... I started with grandma's apple pie, which is my personal favorite and um, one that I would always recommend. Started baking for myself and just wanting to really master it before that memory was totally gone. And then people were interested in it. And I was looking around and I was hardcore fangirling over lots of pie shops um, all over the nation (laughs) and realized that Manhattan didn't have a good selection of pie. And that was something that um, I thought was missing. So I started putting my plan to action and started working on my business plan of how I could bring pie to Manhattan. And it started out as Pies by Tiffany and then uh, Deja Vu while doing dishes of TheraPie as the official naming of it. And it was licensed in, um, we became established as TheraPie in October of
2: 2019. Wow, what a great story. Yeah. She sounds like an amazing woman. She was a battle axe,
3: yes. So she, <laughs> she, um, she was hard to love in terms of she did not show love very well. Uh, she was not one to really give you a hug and tell you she loved you, but she was quick to make you the best homemade food and um, especially pie was really great her fried chicken was
2: amazing Um, cast iron skillet i'm sure yeah Uh yeah Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) i've just recently realized that the smell of bacon or sausage cooking is the smell i relate to her house never put two and two together until recently Um, but yeah she that's how she showed love was through food and um, it's something that drew me to the hospitality field was
2: just the connections that you can make to people and their souls through food that's awesome so um, now you stepped out there big and bold, yep. right, to start your business. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I heard that there was a little bit of persuasion that may have needed to happen with the. Mr. Pi. Uh-huh. How did that conversation go?
3: Um, it went many times over and over <laughs> again. Um, so Mr. Pi is not actually an official part of the business. I am a uh, 100% owner. However, uh, it, it, it dictates our lives. So he was convinced to sell our home and move because uh, when I was looking at different avenues that we could go, we were looking at storefronts. We looked at a location um, in Wamigo and several here in Manhattan. I was looking at what was fiscally responsible for me and what was realistic, and um, what came to be is that I could, with very careful working with the city and working with the Department of Agriculture, I could build a licensed home bakery. So we actually looked at about 12 Different properties and uh, looking for the, the right spot. And we um, custom built our kitchen that's strictly for pie. So no personal cooking is out of it. We are, it's in the basement of our home and um, it's licensed with the food establishment and food processor license. So I can bake to sell directly to customers and I can bake to sell to restaurants or coffee shops around town. We actually are in Brothers Coffee now, more oh. recently. So you can go there anytime and find pies by the slice or mini or whole. Um, on hand all the time to go with a good cup of coffee.
0: Oh, that's a good place to be. So obviously owning your own business is a risky venture. Talk about the thought process you had going into
3: that. There were a lot of thoughts (laughs) and (laughs) I am a risk averse person. So it was a a challenging thing to really jump into and it took me a while to get there. Um, I did believe that I had the confidence in my product and in my abilities to manage a business. I've had a lot of um, background and and management of business is never ownership, obviously. But uh, I I believe that my hospitality skills and the product that I had, um, and some of the resources that were available would would help me to be successful in it. I did picture it more of a, a slow progression, <laughs> versus what what we went into. But we got our official licensing for from KDA the month before the pandemic started, or like March of 2020. So uh, that caused a lot of changes in my life including my my other job that I had going and um, the need to be have more of an online presence and so there were a lot of shifts then um, but uh, there's always high risks in everything but this one was one I felt like I could take on
0: Now be in a carry out business primarily mm-hmm. I guess almost 100 percent of mm-hmm. course at, at that time Um, How did the pandemic impact your business?
3: So we were, so it really was like my, it was my side gig at the time. I was putting more focus in my other job and it was really just pick up, you know, at the doorstep um, or I would bring it out to vehicles, but we didn't actually have a website until March of 2020. um, Right as I got licensed and was like, we, I don't know what's happening. You know, I hear that things are coming. I decided it would be wise of me to go ahead and build that website and up my social media presence. So we shifted to online ordering at that time and offered delivery and um, carry out and contactless delivery where I would just drop it on the porch and never see anyone. Um, So that was something that was was new for us and um, a a bit of a shift and an adjustment because delivery hadn't been part of my plan for quite a while. And it also became my full-time focus. So um, I was at that time furloughed from k-state and i went back with them to help uh, batten down the hatches basically but it was very quickly apparent that there was a a craving for good pie in manhattan and that we were meeting a need so i was pulling back there and putting a lot more hours into therapy
0: so we always like to get the backstory of Mm -hmm. the individual behind the business Mm -hmm. talk about how you ended up in manhattan
3: (laughs) so i am i call southeast kansas home Parsons is where my family farm is that we bought in eighth grade. I came to K-State for college and I majored in hospitality management. I started working with Longhorn Steakhouse and I asked to be moved as far away from Kansas as possible. So I went to Columbia, South Carolina and lived there for two years and really enjoyed it and was working my way through different um, parts of training for management and ended up moving back to Kansas City and was there for about nine months when my director said, you know, we would like to consider you for a managing partner. And at the time I was 23 years old and (laughs) was gonna be one of the youngest managing partners in all of Darden and that sounded really cool and exciting. And I asked where we were headed and she said Manhattan, Kansas. And to be honest at the time, I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I loved being here as a college student, but as a single 23 year old woman, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Um, But I came back and was working with Longhorn for about a year and a half um, and then found the position at K-State. And during that time, I met my husband now. (laughs) And um, neither of us thought we would be in Manhattan long term. And now we both don't plan on leaving. This is home. We have a five-year-old now and um, have just really fell in love with this community and the area. and, And we... We're here
0: yeah well of course that's a story we love to hear we love when people mm-hmm. come home and then decide to stay and yeah. so we're glad glad that you did that um, what makes manhattan a good place for entrepreneurs
3: i think it's two parts uh, first is just the community the established community that's here is so supportive of new ideas and new concepts and small businesses and um, i think the pandemic was really supportive of or showed that the the focus on um, supporting small and supporting local Uh, i think a lot of the entrepreneurs that had gotten started i know it wasn't the story for everyone but there were a lot of people who were truly supported by our community so i think there's there's that passion and love by the community who's always here and then i think there's also the benefit of we have this rotating audience of new clientele um, when we have military families come in or when we have our students at K-State come in and their families um, or Manhattan Christian College. I think there's a lot of different rotating people who come in maybe for only two to four years at a time that also help the new
2: startup businesses get established
3: and, and start to grow.
2: When did you join the chamber and what made you decide to take that leap of faith?
3: well i officially joined in march of 21. i had planned on doing it from the second that i established myself as a business but as a startup um, and an entrepreneur and just anybody who has to manage money you have to very carefully consider where every dollar is spent and um, during the pandemic that during 2020 i decided that it wasn't the best use of my resources um, I don't know if that was a correct assumption or not but that is the the choice that I made but then in March of 21 I was starting to feel hopeful that maybe we were moving out of this thing and I was i went to school for hospitality management so we were taught a lot about what our local chambers do for community members and and businesses and i knew that the value and the benefit was there just from a networking perspective and getting to to know more people um, in town and being part of something larger so that is when i made the
2: choice to do it what is the biggest satisfaction that you get from owning Therapy?
3: Um, I have a lot of them. (laughs) What's wrong with that? The the biggest one is that um, I am insanely honored to be able to be part of the creation of memories. Um, So my pies are taken to the birth of babies, the funerals of loved ones, the end-of-life treatment, um, care for people in town, anniversaries, I'm sorry presents, thank you presents. Um, They are just weddings there's a huge there's always a need for pie (laughs) whether you're eating it by yourself or sharing it with other people and when you're doing it it's it's creating a feeling that is also connecting to a memory so that's that therapy side of things um when I get to hear the stories of how how that happened or how that was shared it's that is the best gift for me.
0: So you were recently nominated for the Entrepreneurial Spirit Award from the Chamber uh, Awards luncheon. Talk about what your reaction was to finding out you were nominated for that.
3: Uh, I was shocked, (laughs) excited and shocked. Um, I guess partially I was shocked because I have never used the word entrepreneur to describe myself. If we're looking at the dictionary or or the Google, that is 100% what what I am and what I'm doing, but it's never something that I've really associated with myself. However, I was also extremely honored to be in the group of people, the list of names to be nominated, and that it was even thought of by anyone to make that nomination. So I I was extremely honored and humbled, but also a a little surprised.
0: Well, you are an entrepreneur. I am. You are, and we're very... (laughs) pleased to have you as part of our organization. Uh, What advice do you have for individuals who are thinking about taking uh, the step to start or purchase a business?
3: I would say a few things. One would be to do your research, as much research and homework as possible. Um, Spend the time asking questions and pounding the pavement and putting yourself in front of maybe people that you don't know just so that you can um, ask for the resources that you don't know that are even out there. Um, that that was the biggest piece for me was the research and homework side of thing and just asking questions, um, surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you, which Manhattan is great for that. There's there's a, a lot of different people in our town who are willing to sit down and, and bounce questions back and forth and, and help you through those what ifs um, and the more you are making the time for those conversations the more you find out what's available to you because really uh, when you're doing a startup you are every department and so maybe you aren't that great at website creation or maybe you aren't great at marketing or maybe you are not an accountant and so um considering yourself from from every single role in your organization if, if that's how your organization is structured um i would say that uh, there needs to be do a lot of soul searching on what what of those skills can you do and what do you need help with and where can you find that help
0: great advice have there been any resources that you found particularly helpful that that might be good for people to know about?
3: Yes, so I am constantly finding about resources that I wish I had known about before. Um, But one, I used the Small Business Development Center liaison, um, Lori, that was available here at the chamber. Um, She's someone that I talked back and forth with a lot she helped me with the start of my business plan and she's helped me with the check-in since then um and I honestly could have met with her many many more times and that was a really valuable resource because she asked questions that I hadn't gotten to yet um I was not great at accounting in college so I knew that from the I'm I'm good with numbers but I, I knew that that wasn't going to be my greatest uh source of time spent. So I needed an expert. So, um, I meet, I use Tiffany cutting at Varney and associates and that has been extremely helpful. Um, and then, uh, those were probably the two that I, that I really utilized the most. And then I did, I mean, I asked questions at the chamber and I'm pretty sure I've emailed you a couple of times. (laughs) So, um, just, just uh, different community members, but those were the two biggest ones. That, yeah, and, that of, course, used of like.
0: course, the SBDC is a great resource and one mm-hmm. that, that is in Manhattan in part because of the sponsorship from the chamber. And so I'm glad you're able to utilize them. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of businesses in Manhattan, actually in the region today, who started at SBDC. So mm-hmm. thank you for that plug because yes. we think it's a It's a good program and and good for entrepreneurs. All right, so Tiffany, now we come to the fun part and it is our rapid fire questions.
2: Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Something people often
3: find surprising about you. I spent a semester in college studying culinary arts in Florence, Italy, and I planned the trip myself and went to seven different countries while I was there. I want to be a part of that program. It was really awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you currently reading or what was your favorite book?
3: Uh, My very favorite book in the whole world, and if you're a foodie, you should 100% read it, is The School of Essential Ingredients by Erica Bauermeister. Uh, There's another sequel to it that's The Art of Mixing, and you'll understand a little bit more about my business if you read it. (laughs) Um, it, There's a lot of tie-ins there. I'm currently reading a mystery about
2: a husband who disappears,
3: and I don't know what happens yet, so Mm. don't tell Mr. Pie Lady.
2: Be our secret. (laughs) What is your guilty pleasure?
3: Eating dessert in bed, um, uh-huh. yeah, almost always pie, but uh, sometimes it's not.
0: My mm. kids would be very upset right now because I they I've got onto them many times they <laughs> ate in bed. Well,
3: so. well, it's usually after my son is in bed; he has oh, no well, clue that it happens. Right. So it's and a secret. it is
2: her guilty pleasure. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, just you know. <laughs> yeah, so don't tell them. All right. Favorite holiday:
3: Christmas. I absolutely love just being able to be together and just the
2: the love people show.
3: Through their actions and cooking together and gift giving.
2: What is something you would like to try but haven't had the opportunity? Either or both.
3: Ballroom dancing or stand-up comedy. I would love to try like an open mic night of stand-up comedy. I think it would be terrifying. But um, so that or ballroom dancing because I've never tried it.
2: What advice would you give the 19-year-old you? Stop
3: planning your life because it's not going to go the way you plan, but it's still going to be messy and beautiful and, and just fine. Sounds good. What three
2: words describe living in Manhattan?
3: I would say Manhattan is friendly. It's a place that feels like home and there's a very strong sense of community.
2: What TV sitcom family would you want to be a part of? Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. Right. I want to be related to Betty White. Well, just think about all the pie they <laughs> ate in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Biggest lesson the pandemic taught you?
3: Um, one is how much community support there is in Manhattan. And two, how polarized the beliefs of everyone in this nation are, can be. <laughs> Favorite meal? Anything that's authentic Italian, starting with bread dipped in olive oil and seasoning salt and ending with tiramisu.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. So we should Mm. all go for Italian. I'm ready. Mm I'm ready for that. (laughs) Totally ready for that. Tiffany, thank you for being with us on the THiNK MHK podcast today. We appreciate it and good luck with your business going forward.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of THiNK MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the THiNK MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.